Hey everyone, Kaylee here. Just wanted to let you know about this episode. There is a point where one of our guests' audio gets a little bit distorted. We did our best to try and clean it up, but there was something going on with his mic when he was recording it. So there was only so much we could do. So, so sorry about that. Just wanted to say we know, we know, we like it when our audio is perfect, but this time it's just a little bit off. But thank you so much for listening and enjoy the episode. Okay, everyone, places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And action. Hello, and welcome to Popcorn. I am your host, Kaylee. Joining me this week is Lulu Bell, as well as our pal Eric, all the way from Boston. Hey! Well, howdy. This week we're going to be discussing Alejandro Iñárritu's film, The Revenant. That's the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio, who plays Hugh Glass, is ambushed by some Marie Indians, flushed out of a forest, and chased over a cliff. It's that really memorable shot from the trailers. I'm still reeling over this film, trying to figure my way through it. But I want to start with you, Eric, since you're the one who saw it several days ago. You've had a chance to really process it. What did you think walking out of that film? It's a tough one to think about. Nothing happens and everything happens at the same time. I mean, the question is, what is the film supposed to be? At heart, you can say it's a Western, but is it a story about revenge or is it a story about moral redemption? Or is there something in between about it? I mean, it's a good film. In my view, it's a good film. It's a beautiful film to look at. And it's always interesting to hear DiCaprio grunt as excessively as he does in this run through. But it still falls a little short. Especially toward the end, it's something I want to pick up on a little bit later. It's good, but it's not quite exceptional. I agree with Eric on quite a few points. It felt a little too art housey to me, and it was a little too abstract, especially in those scenes where we see Leonardo DiCaprio going into what I'm assuming is limbo. Actually, it's one of the quietest films I have seen this past year. It, in a year full of like the superhero movies and the explosions and the spies, this one is felt so quiet. And I agree that not a lot happens, but then a lot happens at the same time. It just it felt a, a little too long as well. Yeah, my bladder would have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> I did not expect this film to be three hours long. But even before this film started, I got to preface it that I had a terrible audience to be in the show with. Like the guy on my right kept whispering to his girlfriend. And then 
solo nerd guy on my left would not stop fiddling with this piece of plastic in his hands for almost the first hour of the film. And I had to actually like tap him on the shoulder and be like, well, could you stop? Because this film, like you said, Lulu Bell, it is very quiet. A lot of it has got that stillness of nature and any sort of rustle or any sort of whispering or even, you know, moving around in your seat, it is distracting and takes you out of the world. At least it did for me. I was like, I can't concentrate and get into this film because nobody around me will shut up. But <laughs> once people settled in, I was actually able to absorb what was going on and embrace the silence, which I would say in that regard, I kind of liked it. It was a palate cleanser for my ears in comparison to a lot of the films from 2015. It had that stillness, and yet it was it was an uncomfortable stillness because it was man versus nature. That That's what I think this film really boils down to, in addition to the the revenge story. But it seems like those two plots were fighting each other along the way instead of holding hands. I'm not sure if that was intentional or not. Hmm. Well, actually, I don't think it's man versus nature. DiCaprio doesn't really win against nature. I don't think, I think the, the director's goal isn't necessarily to show a fight against nature. It's more along the lines of you kind of hope you make it through. Really, the enemy forces in this film are man. Mm-hmm. Or mostly men. I mean, the female presence is basically non-existent. But really, it's, you know, it's a fight. It's man against man, and just nature's kind of hanging out and just throwing bears at Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so, really, the fight is, it's humans fight against human, and nature just sits back and chills. I don't know. I felt like I was confused a lot of the time on what they were trying to get the audience to understand. Those whole scenes where he keeps getting flashbacks to his... The past. I'm not sure. Was the whole point that he was trying to heal himself, like mentally, not just physically? So I'm kind of still trying to process the whole what is the point of this story other than to see Leonardo DiCaprio get completely mauled by a bear. Twice. Yeah, twice. And everything else that he goes through. When I walked out of this film, I kept thinking, gosh, this nothing really happened. It's the second film I saw this week that was incredibly boring, but for different reasons. I mean, it's pretty to look at, but so was The Good Dinosaur (laughs) uh, last (laughs) fall. I mean, but you got to have more than pretty scenery. You're here to tell a story. This isn't Discovery Channel. I just had a hard time connecting with DiCaprio's character at, at all. I don't know if that was just me or, or what, but he didn't, he wasn't exactly the most likable guy. And I don't feel like the film did a good job of making me feel sympathetic towards his plight. Some pretty bad stuff happened to him. Part of me is just like, just die. Ooh, that's hard. You know? <laughs> Be less painful to watch. I, I know. I, I'm in, I have my harsh critics hat on right now. I felt like if anything, he should have frozen to death. With as much time as he spent out in the snow, with as much blood as he lost, with his trip down the river in the middle of winter, I'm like, none of this was making sense on a scientific level, and I can't help my brain. It just works this way. And I was having a hard time buying the fact that he was surviving any of this whatsoever. And it was just, it was really bothering me throughout the whole film. I wanted it to end. It was just way too long. And it made me cold watching it, which 
also maybe kind of grumpy at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, apparently if you recreate the Tauntaun scene from Empire Strikes Back, it's one way of surviving any cold climate. True. I, that is exactly what came to mind with that when that scene popped up. It felt like a Jack London's Call uh, of the Wild, except instead of wolves and dogs, you have human beings. I recall Jack London's book was very boring, and this tale was just very boring. I didn't care what happened to any of the characters. If anything, I liked Tom Hardy's character because he was the most compelling, even though he was a horrible, nasty person. But at least I got a reaction from watching his performance. I think he did a fantastic job out of all of them. I liked him the most. I loved to hate him. He did such a good job with the character. Mm-hmm. But I think his character is the most problematic. It's actually something I kind of was alluded to earlier about, and I think this is an issue I have with the film, is you have every, I mean, most of the characters aren't likable, but at least there's some understanding of what they're doing and why they're doing it. DiCaprio for revenge and uh, the re for searching for the lost daughter. And there's these soldiers are trying to go home, but... Hardy, yeah, for everyone else, is at least some understanding. They, the fact that they make Hardy, who's also wonderful in this film, a very token and very easy bad guy is kind of a letdown. I don't think he needed to be a villain as much as like a survivalist, but they put, put him into the villain corner, and I think it lessens the film. Because I think everyone else is at least somewhat, again, understandable. We have one person there to be a villain. It kind of diminishes the point of the film. It felt like... Inyaritu was wanting to show off his cinematography skills and get the ew factor in there and the shock and awe instead of actually develop the story. It felt very rote and bland. And I, I was just very disappointed by that. If, if this is supposed to be the film where Leonardo DiCaprio finally wins the Oscar, it's only because of how the physicality of his performance there, there was nothing more than that, you know, he was just struggling to survive. And that was an impressive performance. But I mean, any other actor of his caliber could have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I just was not, I keep going back to it, but I just was not overly impressed. But I was just, it was not my cup of tea whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe it, part of it is too, I'm a little bit tired of these stories where it's, the white man who's in between two worlds because he obviously loved an Indian woman and had a son. We've seen that kind of story before where it's the outsider going into the native culture. And I kept thinking, I would have liked to have seen that flipped and seen it from either his son's eyes or from a Native American's point of view. Because we've had so many white man in early America films and he's trying to fit in two worlds like Dances with Wolves comes to mind The Last of the Mohicans comes to mind Avatar which mm-hmm. stole it from Dances with Wolves but it's a mm-hmm. basic idea yeah exactly and I'm like I, I want to see a different story not the same story again it certainly lacked depth especially in Leonardo DiCaprio's character where they tell they show us a whole bunch of stuff that happened in his past but they don't really inform us very much about his character or who he really was before. They allude to the fact that he shot a lieutenant and they keep going back to it and they keep asking him about it. But I was like, I want to care about your character. I need to know. If if you don't tell me clearly, I'm not going to care. There are certain aspects in there that were just interesting 
but in a way, I don't know if they really fit. And it goes again with that that disconnect between the reality of what's happening and then what's going on in Leonardo DiCaprio's head. And the two just, at least from an outsider's perspective, not gelling together in a cohesive story. I wanted it to work really bad. I really wanted it to work. But I don't know, maybe I was just set up from the very beginning to not like this film with the bad audience and... <laughs> And everything else and kept checking my watch for it to be over I mean it if anything this film could have been two hours and it would have been plenty fine we didn't need to have the super long scenes because in the end we drag it out when he finally confronts Hardy's character I I don't care just kill him and let's go let's be done with it but they drag that last fight out and I guess the story kind of needed it, but I'm like, well, you could have taken out an hour of him dragging himself through the forest. Save us some time. At least that's how I thought about, about it. Well, plus you had that end shot that was just weird. Just that last little shot with DiCaprio just seemed really like... Oh, this... yeah, where he breaks the fourth yeah. wall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was trying to figure out what he was going for with that. And it just seemed like he didn't have a better way of concluding it. I kind of think of... And this is going to be definitely way cross genre, but you guys ever see Cowboy Bebop? No, no, sorry. Uh, the, uh, it's the anime show. Like they have, it also has a very similar like Native American theme and the you know to it, and they kind of have a similar where it's like the warrior, you know, it's a guy seeking revenge. The last episode, and it's it's kind of got the similar idea where you know they do the shooting star to represent his soul, but there's like it feels like there's a natural conclusion to that. There's a discussion about the end of the warrior's journey. It just doesn't feel like there's anything, any conclusion to this. It's just, hey, shrug my shoulders. Look, it's done. Yeah, it, I, I thought the film was going to end kind of the way it opened, where I was following the water. And I was like, okay, perfect. So I was like gathering up my stuff. I'm like, oh, wait, no, there's more. I'm like, please, no, we don't, we don't need any more. This film could have been so much more. And I'm kind of surprised because Inyaritu is a very masterful storyteller, but this time he just kind of lost it. I think he was grasping at, I don't want to say higher concepts, but at maybe more like basic concepts, which can also be difficult when you're getting down to the root of that survival, those basic human instincts things, the, the family and a, a man with a past. And he just tried really hard to make something spectacular but it didn't come together at all. And I think he would have done some, if he had maybe taken the more kind of whimsical route that he did last year with Birdman, maybe this could have been more successful. Actually, I want to ask you guys what you thought of, and this is actually, I think my highlight of the film for me was the opening sequence, but what did you guys think about? Because you mentioned it, uh, Kaylee Mitchell took you a while to get into it. So, I mean, if you couldn't get into it based on that, that the opening at the camp, Usually not a good sign either, because that's a, I think it's a pretty remarkable opening. I just don't think the film lives up to the rest of you know too bad. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I agree. The opening alone was I thought it was really really good. The way that they move the camera and follow everyone and it's just fantastic. Mm, yeah, that that cinematography there was kind of reminiscent of the of Birdman because it looked like for a good chunk of it was like a single shot mm -hmm. and. I liked that. That was impressive. There's a sequence in like, because uh, I know it's one of his contributors, his collaborators, but Children of Men does it. I don't know if you guys see that, where like they're in the car and everything's yeah. going. This, it's the same type of shot as that. Yeah. That scene in the car, yeah. That's. Yeah, a I think good it's one. a. I think. Was it, did he write that one? 
I think he's evolved in uh, Children. No, it's actually the other director, the other Mexican director. That's that one for the outer space movie, Gravity. Yeah, he's the one who did that movie. But they've collaborated together quite a few times, so I guess their styles have kind of meshed. They cross over very frequently. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Sometimes, sometimes you can tell who's doing what because they're they're almost parallel directors. Mm-hmm. The last thing I did want to talk about was the dialogue. Just thinking about it, but when my issue, my biggest issue with the film is like it, the points it makes, he does it does such a good job of expressing them quietly that when Tom Hardy reveals like the one of the major points of the film, you know, when he just straight up states it, it kind of also defeats the mystique. There's a little more like a magical like magic to the film, but then every time a character talks, he talks about a theme and directly, and it's more expositional than I think intended. So I just that bugged the heck out of me. Well, I don't know. It's like they they said so little throughout this film that I felt like either they needed to say more and have something of substance, or just say nothing at all. Then we, then we could have really had like a castaway type of film where there, there's like almost no dialogue. Or Wally, for that matter. At least Wally's charming. <laughs> I also had a hard time kind of following it. The that I don't want to say Western. I, I, I'm going to call this more of the frontier film because it's not quite a Western, at least in my opinion. But it, it's got this feel. But the, a lot of the drawls and, and, what, and how they were speaking, I was having a difficult time following it. It was hard for me to understand Tom Hardy sometimes. He's got the Tom Hardy voice. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that weird pitch, you know, even when he's doing the accent. There's always that weird high pitch thing. It's like, I felt like I was watching him play Bane all over again. I'm like, no, I already had a hard time understanding you in one movie. I don't need another one. What about the bear attacks? I mean, that's, I would argue those, I mean, aside from the opening, I think, I mean, it was incredibly well shot. In terms of like the actual sequence and it wasn't easy considering how again the nature of the uh, effects to do that although and also just a little aside how many of the animals in that film in a movie based in nature are actually cgi actually i think the the bear was completely cgi exactly like i think everything but the horses that were ridden mm-hmm. were cgi yeah. i just thought it was a trick but yeah what did you guys think of the bear attack though it was brutal. gruesome to watch <laughs> brutal yeah the the moment he went for the gun was the moment I knew that second attack was happening because it's like you can't go for the weapon without the bear coming back at you because you're moving you drew the attention of the mama bear and you're just doomed. Although and the fact that he stabs the mm-hmm. heck out of it too, I mean that's I give the guy credit. It's pretty balling way of killing yeah. a bear. But then I felt so bad for him when they when he slides off the side of that hill and then what happens? The bear falls on top of him. <laughs> <laughs> it kept them warm. It's like as if as if being attacked wasn't bad enough, the bear falls on top of him. It was very gruesome, brutal, and it was hard to watch. And I normally I'm not squeamish by any means, but I, I did kind of squirm in my seat and like had to look away a few times. The the sound mixing on this film was incredible. Just hearing the snow fall. That was something when when the movie theater was silent and you could actually just hear every little noise. That was impressive. I mean, this film should win for sound mixing, if for nothing else at the Oscars, in my opinion. Don't think it it deserves to be quite best picture, but 
that that's my personal opinion. <laughs> why don't we give the Revenant our star ratings? So, Lulu Bell, why don't you kick us off? I would give it three stars. I really liked the way it was shot, and I just loved the whole scenery of it. And I thought the acting from all of them was really, really good. But I can't give it more than three because the story just fell f- flat for me. What about you, Eric? I'll stick with a four. Even though my, yeah, we're talking about it, my opinion is tough. I still respect the filmmaking too much. I agree the acting is good. And at least, I'm not going to call it unique, but as you mentioned, in comparison to some of the other films, the quiet is actually kind of appreciated. This is a, this was a year with a lot of talking in films. So having one where the nature talk, spoke for itself was very nice. So definitely, I mean, a solid four. Well, I'm going to give it a three as well, because even though I didn't explicitly say it, I do think that the overall package, the way it was shot, the effects, and even the music, which we didn't touch upon, which I think had three different composers, those other aspects that came together for the film were spectacular. And the acting, it was very physical it was very blunted in your face and it that it was well done even though i prefer more more finesse in my performances but this is not the film for that <laughs> eric i do want to say thank you for joining us in our conversation on this grisly yeah. grisly film and lending your your thoughts <laughs> yeah thanks eric was that grisly with an s or grisly with two z's or is that both both but I always appreciate the invitation thank you guys well that's it for this episode but you can always check out our past episodes and our other reviews on our website at popcornfanfilmreviews.weebly.com and don't forget to like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter just look for Popcorn Fan Film Reviews or Popcorn Fans thanks Thanks for for listening. listening